This podcast is sponsored by Mysis. Mysis is at the forefront of the financial software industry, providing the broadest portfolio of banking, capital markets, investment management, and risk solutions available on the market. With more than 2,000 customers in 130 countries, Mysis's team of domain experts, combined with the partner ecosystem, have an unparalleled ability to address industry requirements at both global and local level. To learn more about how the Mysis Fusion software portfolio, including Fusion Capital and Fusion Risk, can deliver a holistic view of your operations and help you to solve your most complex challenges, you can visit www.mysis.com. Hello, and welcome to a DerivSource podcast. I'm Julia Schieffer, the founder and editor of DerivSource.com. As the XVA valuation framework continues to evolve, today's derivatives practitioners are facing complicated computational challenges as they work to achieve their end goal, which is, of course, profitability. In this DerivSource podcast, we speak to Satyam Kancharla, Chief Strategy Officer and Senior Vice President at Numerex, about this new risk management model for pricing adjustments. We talk about this model in some detail, its role in the derivatives risk management space, and of course, some of the challenges that market practitioners face as they utilize XVA. We'll also discuss very briefly some trends impacting other pricing models, such as MVA and KVA. Welcome to the podcast, Satyam. Hi, Julia. Good to be here. Satyam, could you provide a brief overview of XVA pricing adjustments and how it plays a role in derivatives risk management? Sure. So the XVA pricing adjustments have to do with changing the price or adjusting the price of a derivative to take various externalities, things that were considered as externalities in the past, into account. And primarily, I would say there are three uh, major factors, three Cs, I would say, that contribute to the XVAs. One is counterparty risk, and this was the first one that became popular with CVA and DVA coming into the picture. The second is collateral, so whether it's FVA or MVA or even the different uh, CVAs, collateral is an important factor. And the third C is capital. So different derivative structures incur different or varying levels of capital costs. And these are also costs that are naturally part of the business of trading and hedging derivatives. And therefore, while in the past many of these hidden costs were considered too small to be material and less important in the management of derivatives on a day-to-day basis, since the crisis, many of these adjustments have been shown to be very significant given the current regulatory climate, given the CSAs or credit support annexes that are in place now, given the need for collateral, given the need for central clearing. These have all been uh, shown to be very significant and therefore these XVAs or pricing adjustments are now the standard components, let's say, of any derivatives business, whether it's on the sell side or on the buy side. And what are the new pricing constraints institutions are now working under, and what do they need to do in order to be successful? 
So if you look at uh, pricing as a discipline, post-crisis and post the recent changes in market structure and regulatory structures that are in place right now, it is important to have an overall mid-level price as well as all these adjustments. It's also important to calculate many of these adjustments and the prices on a pre-trade basis because often you may be more profitable trading a certain structure, let's say with a different counterparty or with a central clearing structure as opposed to bilateral and making trading decisions purely based on the price or the spread is no longer sufficient or no longer optimal. And as a result, you need to do all these adjustments and all these calculations on a pre-trade basis, on a real-time basis. And more often than not, you're expected to do this for a range of scenarios and also compute all the hedges associated with various adjustments and the whole base price as well. So what that means is scalability in terms of compute. There is also the need to have all this information calculated on an accurate basis because this is also information that can be used for hedging and making trading decisions as opposed to purely reporting. And it also has to be timely, which means market data has to be refreshed and updated on a regular basis or a real-time basis. So all of these things really change the way pricing is architected, really increase the, the compute needs as well, as well as data requirements. So it's a, it's a different ball game, really, I would say, that uh, various institutions are working under, both on the sell side as well as the buy side. Satyam, what are the latest XVA models and infrastructure trends and techniques? And it seems that MVA, or margin valuation adjustment, has been particularly in vogue recently. Why is this? As we discussed earlier, XVA started out with CVA and then DVA, and funding entered the picture. And since then, we've seen the introduction of capital as well as margin as important adjustments that are significant and material for anyone uh, trading derivatives or transacting uh, derivatives from the buy side or hedging derivatives. In particular, margin valuation adjustment comes around due to margin, and margin is something we, we need to post on whether the trade is centrally cleared or it's bilaterally cleared. There are Basel regulations that require margin to be posted for bilateral uh, trading as well. And the focus uh, from the regulatory perspective has been to bring some level of parity between bilateral trading as well as central clearing in terms of margin. There are significant minimum amounts that are required to be posted on the bilateral side. And this is something that is being implemented now as we speak. There are different deadlines associated with different types of banks. The bigger banks go live first and so on and so forth. There are also dates which are different in Europe and North America. But a whole range of institutions, banks in particular, are putting margin calculations and MBA calculations in place as we speak in order to deal with bilateral margin and in order to incorporate the cost of bilateral margin into the price. And since this is an important material impact on the price, this number is then obviously passed on to the buy side customers as well. And this is where pricing this accurately 
can mean the difference between keeping a customer or winning a customer rather or not. And therefore, both margin calculations, margin projections, as well as margin valuation adjustments have been really important and have been the part of discussions recently and are being implemented at this time. Now let's move on to KVA or capital valuation adjustments. What trends do you see impacting that particular pricing model? Sure. So every one of the derivative transactions, whether it's centrally cleared or bilateral, has a capital impact for the bank. And capital obviously comes around due to market risk, due to CBA capital, as well as counterparty credit risk. And buy-side and sell-side institutions are looking to optimize how they trade since different types of trades attract different types of capital or different levels of capital. For example, centrally cleared trades might have a lower capital cost relative to bilateral trades. On the other hand, bilateral trades may have an advantage with respect to collateral posted, will have an advantage with respect to basis risk, obviously, because you have a more tailored derivative that fits the needs of the institution. So in order to look at these different options in the same footing, put it all on the same basis, KVA is an important adjustment. And what's interesting about KVA is that capital is not a one-time charge. This is a charge that has to be borne by the bank throughout the life cycle of the trade. So if the trade is a 20-year trade, there are capital costs related to this trade that go out all the way to 20 years in the future. And uh, therefore, in order to compute KVA, what you require is the ability to calculate capital and project that out over time and over many different scenarios and simulations into the future. It's not unlike what people do, let's say, for VAR on the market risk side, except now you're looking at a much longer horizon. Instead of looking at 10 days, you're looking at many, many years. You're also looking at a lot more simulations. You're looking at things at the netting set level, at the banking book level, at the entire trading book level. So the volumes are large. The calculations uh, go out into the future for a long time. The number of simulations are large. And therefore, calculating KVA really involves taking some educated optimizations, estimations. One can use standardized methods for calculating capital as well as more advanced or internal models as well for capital. What's most important, though, is to make sure that the information that is needed by the trading desk or by the risk managers is available on a timely basis. And it's important to allow these decision makers have a sense of capital efficiency of strategy A versus strategy B. So it's not really important to have a very accurate capital projection. It's more important to allow people to make the right decisions and make the most capital efficient decisions. So this is, again, something that is being implemented uh, at this time. It's of interest. In many cases, KVA can be larger than CVA or other adjustments. So KVA is definitely a major initiative that is going on at many, many banks now. And finally, Satyam, how widely adopted are XVA profitability frameworks today? 
in my experience, the frameworks and uh, overall calculations around profitability, there's obviously a range of implementations that exist. In general, what you will see is the larger the bank, the bigger the derivatives exposure and the business, the more sophisticated they are in terms of calculating XVA and looking at it from an overall holistic profitability perspective. Many of the tier two banks and the smaller institutions have also started implementing it. But I would say in many cases, on a partial basis, based on the specific risks that they know are significant or material for them. So it is likely that for a certain bank, they care more about CVA rather than, let's say, FVA or or MVA, because the particular situation they are in, they expect that the overall numbers at the book level are more material, let's say, for CVA rather than FVA or MVA. In that case, they would only implement CBA and not implement all these other adjustments. So many institutions are taking it one step at a time, as opposed to going for the full range of XBAs all at once, going step by step. In other cases, there are banks and even and buy-side institutions that are going for the entire range of XBAs at once, because it's really important to put it all together and look at the total EVA or total valuation adjustment that comes around due to all these different adjustments being combined. So there is a range. Obviously, there are geographical differences as well. In Europe and North America, we see more adoption. In Asia, there are certain pockets where this is being adopted, but um, the market is certainly not at the same point where Europe is or North America is. So the adoption really varies by size of institution, by geography, and also in the case of buy-side institutions, some of the larger buy-side institutions are definitely taking this very seriously. They're almost as sophisticated as the sell-side institutions in having a sense of all these XVAs and using all this information to their advantage when they negotiate CSAs, when they negotiate new derivative transactions. Thank you, Satyam Kancharla, for offering his expertise on XVA models. If you would like to see the transcript of this podcast, please see our podcast notes page on DerivSource.com. You can also listen to this podcast and all other DerivSource podcasts on iTunes or via our free app. This is the third installment of the DerivSource Summer Risk Series. To hear other podcasts, please go to the podcast notes page for more information. Thank you for listening. Join us next time.